All right, what's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 339. One more than the last one that we put out, because that's how counting works. Uh, oh. My name's Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts, and as always, I'm here with... Rod. And John. And uh, you know what my first episode was, was episode 39. So technically... Oh. It's been 300 episodes for me, even though yeah. we know oh. it's been more than that with all the yeah. little bonuses yeah. and stuff. Wow. It's a lot of episodes. Congratulations, John. Yeah. yeah it feels good. It feels good. And uh, no surprise to anybody who listens to this podcast, we're coming in hot today with a lot of Marvel conversation. Yeah. So much Marvel. Um, I feel like whether it's on your Disney Plus subscription or whether it's in your multiplex, your local theater, whatever you want to call it. Marvel's I call, it, I call the, it my church, Steve. Your church. Okay. Well, I oh, forgot. You're the, okay. you're the cinephile of the group. Yes, my apologies, right. Mr. Walker. <laughs> um, yeah, Marvel's everywhere right now, which is no surprise, but we're going to catch up with the uh, the completion of the first season of Moon Knight on Disney+. And we've all seen Doctor Strange and the Multiverse, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, so we're going to talk about that, too. We're going to have a little <laughs> section of that where we talk a little spoiler, so you'll be warned before we go into that. And then... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll end the show with some recommendations of some other stuff we've watched since we've talked to everyone. I mean, we've been gone for a few weeks. Stuff comes up, but we've had lots of time to watch some stuff. So we'll throw some other recommendations in there towards the end of uh, the episode. Real quick, have you guys seen any trailers before we get into Moon Knight? Have you seen any trailers that you wanted to mention for good or for bad? I know there's yeah. been a bunch that came out over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, um, man, one, one, If you have something, yeah, throw it out there if you want to you put anybody under the... I saw uh, a trailer for a little-known franchise called Avatar. Um, <laughs> Avatar 2. Um, the Way of the Water or The Way of the way Water? The Way of the Water, yeah. Yeah, The Way of Ass, because that, that trailer was ass. It was just so all over the place, bland. I didn't see like a... a so, you know, we've been waiting years to see this this new technology or whatever. It looks exactly the same as the other one um the trailer had almost no talking in it i kind of wanted to hear some voices maybe i hear yeah, some i think there's voices. like one line of dialogue yeah yeah and i don't know if it's earned after a decade of not existing in our our pop culture kind of atmosphere right but, but i'll see it you know i'll see it but i wasn't i wasn't impressed but it I had mean, a lot of views I feel like it's a, the sort of trailer that you see and you go, okay, yeah. Like, that's what yeah. that looks like. That's what Avatar looks like. Um, mm -hmm. I, I can imagine that maybe there will be some eye-popping visuals. I do think even within the trailer, there's a few images that are like, okay, my little nerdy, you know, inner child that used to like to look at those, like, calendars or paintings on the covers of sci-fi <laughs> books or whatever, you know, just interesting yeah, yeah. landscapes. And I, I don't know, I feel like there is an appreciation for that kind of, uh, just that kind of um, boundless imagination, creating everything, all the plant life, all the sure. animal life, it's all sure. been created. It's all being rendered. I, I think when you say bland, there is something kind of, it feels like if someone was showing me this and saying, look at this cinematic trailer for this video game that everybody's talking about, it's an open world. I would say, yeah. oh yeah, I could see how that would be fun to splash right. around in. But as a movie, I, I I do agree that it's like, 
I, I don't think it was ever for me. I knew some people really liked it though. So I've never really commented mm-hmm. too much on the Avatar phenomenon because it's never been my favorite thing. But I do sense that there's this weird, it's almost like I have no awareness of the people that are truly excited about the idea of more Avatar. I think there are people out there that would probably squeal with delight when they saw this trailer. I just don't yeah. know them. And I don't know that I've heard them or seen any evidence of them, but I, I can't imagine that they've gotten this far with something this huge. And especially with it being James Cameron, I I mean, they're going to make their money back. He's going to, somehow this is going to be huge, right? And I just don't get it. Is that, you know what I'm saying? Is it like, I'm just not aware of the the anticipation and the demand for this? Because it's not like they lost a step. It looks, it looks like it ever did. So if you loved it before, it's even more, it's even more avatar It's than more before. of that. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, who loves I feel it? like Do you know who loves it. <clears throat> I mean, I definitely know people in the social media world that I follow that definitely bang the drum for Avatar. But mm-hmm. personally, uh, you know, maybe a couple people, you know, in my life that really I know genuinely love Avatar. I don't know that they've been, you know, what is uh, what is it? How long has it been? Like 13 years or 14 years? Long. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like 2008 or nine, I think, when the first one came out. But wow, because I was reading an article that it was saying like there's only like two or three years difference in terms of the span between Avatar one and two. And they were, were likening it to uh, the time between Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace, like in terms of the gap. Um, just because they were talking yeah. about the time between. Yeah, yeah, years. yeah. Like the time. So it's so it's Avatar this year. And then they were also talking about. Top Gun Maverick coming out this summer, and that's like 36 years or something mm-hmm. between Top Gun coming out. Yeah. Wow. But I mean, there's there's definitely, you know, people that love Avatar. There really are. And I mean, obviously, there's a lot of them because of where it places in, you know, movie history. And I mean, honestly, like the the, the trailer comes out or the teaser officially, this is the yeah. teaser it's more of a comes teaser. out. And, you know, after it completes its first cycle, I, I feel like they said that it's like the number two most viewed trailer. You know, I forget what the stat was. I forget what the number yeah, one was. I, I saw that, but it was like, like the number 100... two among something. Yeah. Um, which whatever the number is, just in terms of like a placement, the fact that there's that much want to see it, at least see the teaser. Um, I mean, yeah, it tells you something. I mean, the movie's going to be some kind of successful. I just don't know on what scope, especially considering you know what they've said about the movies as kind of being their like kind of standalone movies where there's a beginning, a middle of an end. It's a part of a bigger saga, but like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to be some big cliffhanger between movie and movie. Um, and that they've made all these movies at the same time and they kind of have them queued up now. So, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see it. I definitely feel the same that you described Ronald after watching the teaser. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't <laughs> wait to see more of the water stuff, like yeah. the underwater, because that's kind of what they've been promoting in terms of, the progress with the technology that he's developed and the way they shoot um, water and, or, you know, action underwater. Um, but I don't know. The trailer didn't really do a lot for me either. I will say this is a weird thing. So the movie avatar, I'm okay, whatever. I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't, I don't love it. I don't like long to watch it again, but mm-hmm. I will say that as much as I go to Disney magic, you know, Disney world in Orlando at animal kingdom, the, the, avatar right pandora's flight that they have is one of the best rides i've ever ridden in my life and it has made me like the movie more and if that that's like a weird thing to say but it's it's an accomplishment in terms of them making a ride experience that not only you know 
gives those who love it what they want. But I mean, can maybe like myself, it, it does kind of make me more interested in seeing it again or seeing more of that world because the ride itself is like one of those, you know, 3D, you're on something, you're on the back of one of these banshees and like, oh. you can, and the way it's almost like you're sitting on like a motorbike a little bit, but you're really sitting on them and holding them, but you can like, it like it breathes, like you can feel like them breathing on your body wow. Wow, wow, and wow, the wow. 3D and it's got this massive screen and they pump in scents to make it smell like the ocean and the forest. It's astounding what that ride is. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it really did make me like re rethink my want to see more of it. And after you ride it, I'm just like, yeah, I kind of, I'd like to see more of what they could do with this world. Cause they did, like John said, it really is a realized new thing. Like in that respect, yeah. even if you don't love the movie, mm-hmm. um, there's, yeah. there's like, there's a couple of things that are happening. So I agree with you. I think that that whole thing has kind of kept avatar in people's minds then um, they're releasing a 4K version of Avatar so people can look at it digitally and physical copies of right. like uh, 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 the way that the movie was intended to look. There's a video game coming out of Avatar. So like right. the ride, the, the 4K release of the movie and then the video game feel like three things. And that's just three things that come to my mind, fresh off my mind, the top right, of my right. head that are going to promote this movie. I, I have a theory. I don't think this is going to hit a... I don't think it's going to do well here. But I think that because internationally, it's just going to go out everywhere and people just kind of love American movies. I right. think it's going to reach the billion dollar mark, but not because of us. That's my theory. Right. Or it's going to be possible. the same... You know, people repeat viewing something because they're huge, huge, huge fans of it, which we know is like a Cameron thing that happened with Titanic. It happened. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, Where yeah. If, if if a certain yeah. slice of the audience, if you still have that, that whoever, the, whoever the people were that made the first one a huge hit, you know, they're still presumably buying tickets to movies. Um, yeah. So, so, I mean, again, I think we're all sort of saying, well, this is going to be huge. We just don't know exactly what it is yet. But I also think that as fans of movies you have to be a little bit interested in what james cameron has been working on for years you know it whether, yeah, totally. whatever you think of his movies he might he might push the technology forward in some significant way um yeah. but if all we're talking about at this point and i mean i think this is where people get a little bit like eye rolly about it the technology piece yeah you can you can see the difference if you're looking at it on a on a giant screen and you're seeing the resolution you know you can see the difference but we haven't really complained yeah. about not enough information before so it starts to seem like oh we've never made hair look so realistic oh the yeah. the fabric movement the 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 liquid oh the the opacity of the skin these are things that yeah. when people talk about them it kind of doesn't sound that sexy to a person looking for a movie to go see but if you follow the, the industry, you know that that's where these advances are. And so you can sometimes see, like in a new Pixar movie, you'll see where the technical challenge of it was, what that, that, that they met in that movie. Um, I do think the idea of, you know, James Cameron putting his all into a completely imagined world, it's, it's not going to be devoid of something good to look at and something cool to, to think about. It's just the lore and the storytelling didn't hook me in the, in the first one. And so I don't really have like a big association with that part of this world. Like I see those blue cat people and I get a little sleepy. Um, but, but I like the kind of weird floating dinosaur dragons that they ride. I don't know. I, I think there's the opportunity for some, I almost hate the, the phrase eye candy, but um, 
you know, I almost think if if that's the worst thing this movie is, it'll still be worth seeing on a on the hugest screen I can get to. Um, yeah. Right. I'm just not that excited about the 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 kind of story that it is, and it looks very earnest. So it seems like that's really that might be a hurdle if you're not into the if you don't buy into the world, it might seem kind of cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know. But uh, yeah, for sure. Kind of like all the stuff we're about to talk about. Uh, if you don't buy into the world of Moon Knight, <laughs> it might seem kind of cheesy. Um, let, let's move on to that. Let's move on to the... We, we've all finished the first season of Moon Knight. It is now on Disney Plus for everyone to have seen. The last time we talked about it, we were we were high on Oscar Isaac's performance and some of the kind of new things they were doing. I think that was after the first two episodes. Um, yeah. I mean, I definitely think if you loved the first two episodes, it could be that after that is when it became a mixed bag for you. I also heard people that thought the first two episodes were not good, and they liked some of the, the stuff that happened later. I think one thing that happened with Moon Knight, and I would just open this up and maybe say this and see what you guys think. I would say that we got a couple episodes that felt a certain way, a couple that felt like, uh, and that was the kind of London-based stuff, um, with the you know Moon Knight against a city backdrop. And then the right. middle is kind of an Indiana Jones pastiche with Moon Moon Knight against the, the pyramids. And then there were also a couple episodes of sort of like dream world, uh, uh, psychological journey kind of stuff. Uh, and I think that it's possible that someone could have loved any one of those things and not the others or, or all three. Um, I would say that the way I felt at the end of six episodes was definitely, I like this character, I like this show, but I didn't feel like I'd seen a full story. I felt like I'd seen the first season of a show that's intended to go on or a story that is not intended to be wrapped up in those episodes. So, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's intended to have felt like a big complete story, but I think that finale left a lot of people looking for something maybe that they didn't feel like the show delivered on um and i just don't know that they could have done all all that they needed to do in one episode to satisfy the fans of the psychological show the indiana jones show and the moon knight in a city show you know what i mean it was it right. was a lot of things how did you guys feel about the way the way it, just the the whole the way it felt in the end <clears throat> steve what'd you think um I, I think it still suffered from what we've talked about with many of the other shows where even from what you can hear John describing that over the course of only, I think it was six episodes, um, trying to balance the scope of that storytelling and the pacing of the show. You know, I think that it kind of uh, was a little disjointed at times, kind of transitioning between what you're describing. Yeah. And then when it tries to go back and be like all three at once at moments, you know, it kind of felt like a little messy to me. I mean, that said, you know, I think in general, overall, I like the series. I loved Oscar Isaac as the character. And I really do like what they're doing with that character in this show. I don't really know what they intend to or want to or plan to do, you know, no matter how much they want to deny it or avoid answering it. Like, right. you know, it's in always the greater very context yeah. of the MCU, like, you know, part of it is marketing and publicity and like the need to see this now because this is its own thing. But, you know, there's no way that this show, I mean, I would be shocked if there's this show can exist on its own. Um, and there's 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 already like little ties to the rest of the MCU that are not so obvious. But I just think that as a series for me, I definitely felt it got a little uh, a little over ambitious maybe of what it could do in six episodes. And that said, like there's a couple episodes that I think are like some of, some of the best stuff that Marvel may, may have attempted to do, you know, like 
in terms of, you know, what you see like Oscar Isaac doing in, the, in that one episode when he's kind of going through those memory doors, like mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff I thought was like top notch performance, you know, um, from the, the actor that's playing the comic character. Yeah. And I think, you know, and that's all and that's all happening out of him being in a Moon Knight outfit. You know, the, the hero, quote unquote, is not. You don't see a whole, whole lot of Moon Knight in this series, which I think, again, feels a little off because you wanted to see him in the first episode and you see a little bit of it. And then you think it's going to be a lot more, uh, you know, of that going forward. And it kind of dials it back a bit and becomes more of like a character thing, which I can't fault it for because I like the character. That's what I'm saying. But it's just it's 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 a bigger problem, I think, and I'll talk more about it maybe when we get to, to to our feature review. But I feel like I that what we're describing is I think what the show suffers from. In general, I enjoyed the show, loved Oscar Isaac. I would I'm very excited to see more of the Moon Knight character, and in you know, even in co- I love the costume changes between the different characters. I, I just want to see more of that, and I, you know whatever comes next, I would you know definitely check it out. What about you, Ronald? Yeah, I feel very similar. Um, I think we're at a stage where, you know, I think that the dissatisfaction comes from not because, you know, we're we're very appreciative as Marvel fans to have an exorbitant amount of things coming at us. But now, because we've had 10 years of this, you know, we now want structure and you know, stories that feel more complete. And, you know, even if it's a season, we want a complete story arc and we're not getting that sometimes, even in some of the movies, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, the, the fact that we're getting it in TV form and it might be a budgetary thing. I'd rather you skim a little bit on some of the special effects and just give me a good story of Moon Knight kicking some kicking somebody's ass with no special effects. Just give me a room full of people and him kicking some ass versus like, you know, a Power Rangers episode at the end. You know, it's, it's like, what, what do we need? I don't know what we need, but all of it was really solid to me. But like you were saying, like, it was a couple of things. You know, it suffers from one thing that I really wish that existed in some of this stuff. Sometimes you want one person to see it out throughout the whole series. Sometimes it feels right. like the choice to do, hey, like such and such will do this episode, such and such will direct this episode, you know, that sometimes can leave some disjointedness. I, mean, I don't even know if that's a word. I think it works. It, it can leave it feeling very disjointed in terms of like consistency in character. Now, what, what we're going to run into very soon and something that we we will absolutely have to talk about is suppose you, John, make a character series and it's perfect. And then your character winds up in another movie and they're misrepresented or like things are missing from the character, the nuance that you had for your character isn't represented. So these characters are being handed from place to place. I like this version of Moon Knight, but I'm like, if Moon Knight winds up in... Spider-Man, is it going to be the same cool Moon Knight that we know? Is it going to be like a a weird version of him that's a little more snarky and shitty? Is it going to be more quiet? It's just like... Well, yeah, it's... 
it's very true, Ronald. It, I, I, what you're saying, and and I do think that could happen. That they could like lose track of the character if they. Yeah. Who do you think that's happened to the worst thus far? That's that's what I was going to ask you. Is because I th- my big examples would be that in the Avengers movies, um, Ant Man is an idiot, and Star Lord is an idiot, and in their respective movies, they're well-meaning heroic people who are pretty smart and really try to do what's best and they have soul but when they're Mm. put against these other heroes the bigger quote-unquote heroes they're played more for laughs and i don't know that the writers i particularly think star lord is like handled i mean i think that he's funny in the avengers movies but i don't think he's handled well as a character and i feel like james gunn knows that star lord is kind of an idiot but he's also got soul and he's not the butt of the joke you know what i mean yeah yeah he doesn't get kicked in the nuts and fall over and that's his character you know but i think in the broader sense so i think but i mean i think the one that you're referring to that we're going to talk about in a minute is is a huge topic to go into about like yeah about that but no i think you're right i think that the and that's the question and I, i love this because like we we go back and forth on this. We want these movies to be more. Uh, le- we want these movies to either lead to something, or mm. we want them to stand on their own. And I yeah. think that yeah, yeah. that there is this quasi in between thing where we we might complain about one thing and then complain about the other. But I do think these TV shows, especially the TV shows that they've been putting out, you know, the Disney Plus shows, there is this weird what are they to them? Where sometimes you get to the end of yes. six episodes and we go, was that maybe a movie that got stretched out, or was that maybe? there was not really a story to this and it feels like it's the beginning of a show in which case six episodes is not really enough for a just tv showy kind of show like a moon knight television show you could have covered maybe the same story ground over 10 episodes or 12 episodes if you were really going to dig in and tell stories but if you're just going to do this kind of stretched out movie thing then six episodes is almost too long for the amount of story that they're willing to tell it's such a weird form they haven't nailed it yet If you're if you're gonna borrow from British series, which are like sometimes five and six episodes, those are an hour long, like start to finish an hour. I'm not talking like beginning of the show, ending of the show, a full hour, and it had they typically have a story arc that is finished in the series. So like if you're gonna borrow from the shorter season culture that tends to be in Europe, you know, in Japan and stuff like that. That that also means you have to finish the fucking story. Even if it's even if there's going to be 12 more seasons of Moon Knight, I wanted to see the story finished, you know, at least enough to kind of satiate. You know, oh, oh, God, the first season was great. And then give me something at the end. that's like, holy shit, this person is going to wind up affecting you know this character's life in some way that can't be reconciled that can't be fixed like i love that like you don't have to leave me feeling like oh man i don't want a teaser for a tv show i don't mind them in the movies because we've watched you know an hour and a half two hours maybe two and a half hours sometimes three sometimes but it leads be like, okay, we've had a complete story. These shows are feeling like the first half an hour of a of a movie. That's how much information is being covered in these shows sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just want more. It's not. It's not that I, I, you know we're paying money for it too. Like it's not like we're, we're this Disney isn't giving us this for free. They aren't like you know what's cool. You can watch Disney Plus for free, and then you can go to the movies to see these things. We're paying money each month for this and you know satiate the 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 season sort of 
I want I want to feel like the season's done. Yeah. Give me something else later, you know. So I don't know. Or or leave me wanting more because it was so concise and so great. I yeah. mean, if it could be. I think the thing that we have all talked about that was consistent for me, and and you mentioned it, Steve, was uh, Oscar Isaac being kind of the reason to oh, watch incredible. this thing. Yeah, I did see someone say something man. that was funny. They said, Oscar Isaac is very impressive uh, if you've never seen anyone act before. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I kind of know what they're saying because people are falling no. all over themselves just to, to compliment him yeah. for for putting in an actual yeah. performance in a superhero yeah. thing. But I think the reason that we all responded to it is we do watch all of these shows and movies, and there is a mm. difference between someone being cast in a role and doing an okay job of it and somebody who seems like they really take control of the inner life of the character. And yeah. I think that's the thing that made this show, to the end, still feel cool to me, even, even in terms of uh, Ethan Hawke's performance. I felt like he was... There was some charge he got from playing Arthur Harrow that you felt, you know, even in scenes that were kind of like cookie cutter villain scenes, there was some little spark between those two actors in particular. Um, so, so I do think there are elements of this show that had a life to them that was based on performance and that kind of acting, like acting being the kind of muscle that makes the thing hold together. Oscar Isaac was very conscious, I think, of taking control of this character. And the fact yeah. that there is no deal in place, that at least none that they've talked about, for future projects kind of makes me think maybe he would be the actor to do a little bit of like what Robert Downey Jr. did, which is when he comes in, he's he kind of became the standard bearer for the Tony Stark character. And Ooh. that's one of the reasons why that character was so consistently him yeah. was that he had a kind of thing he brought to it. So if they bring Oscar Isaac back, maybe whatever cachet he has as, as an actor um, is going to allow him to exert that tiny little bit of actorly control over a character that means you're not going to bring Moon Knight in and use him in some, you know, half-hearted way because the deal's not in place for Oscar Isaac to be in seven things. Uh, yeah. That They have to woo him back and make a deal. Um, but I don't sense. know. I don't know what I would rather see. I I, th I guess I would do another season of the show if I felt like they could kind of hammer out that tonal thing we're talking about of like just how to pace those moves through the different kind of worlds of story. Because I think that within each of those worlds, there were cool visuals like I loved some of the scenes inside the pyramids where it was like lit by like shafts of light being directed down and then it was hitting water and reflecting on the ceiling. I, I yeah. felt like that's probably what it must really look like in one of those things where there's really no natural, I mean, there's only natural light and then torchlight. Um, I thought the atmosphere of that was really good. I also thought that some of the psychological stuff, like you said, Steve, dream episodes can be yeah. so boring, but this felt really visceral and real. And something about his performance as Steven against his performance as Mark, it that can be so corny when an actor's playing opposite themselves, but when it's done right, and I think in recent years, we've seen a few instances of, of it done being done well. Um, I just think it's got such a cool trick that what you occasionally forget that there aren't actually two of him um, and that what, you know, the mannerisms being so different. And I even think the kind of death fake out that we get in there is, is well earned from a character standpoint. I liked the heartwarming aspect of maybe not wanting to leave us on a bummer vibe, but that too is a, is a thing that could have stuck at the end of this, this season, at least that death that would have made this feel more like it did something, like it went out of its yeah. way to do something. Um, but I don't think they really wanted to to do that yet, at least. The character that would have died would have been, uh, you know, too much of a loss maybe to the tone of this show. But yeah, I guess I'm with you, Steve. I like the character. I like the performance. I'm here for Moon Knight. I don't know really what I want to see him, it, they, <laughs> in next, you know. But I, whatever it is, I hope that it's tonally consistent and he's not just wisecracking. Uh, right in some 
in some uh, event movie. <clears throat> yeah. So, so who do you think are the biggest? I asked you this a minute ago. Who do you think are the biggest instances of like whiplash of like they feel different from movie to movie because in Marvel characters do get spread out so much. Wanda. Well, okay. Wanda's there, probably there's Wanda's our segue. Probably, <laughs> Wanda's probably the one, man. Like you know, she she's had a Russian accent, not had a Russian accent. You know, she's kind of felt like this person that was lost, and then. You know, we were brought to WandaVision, which had a lot of nuance and love put into the script, man. Like, I'm not I'm not just saying this because this was the first one that we saw, but there was a this this was an undertaking that really felt like it was it was it had the most challenges because we had a character that we'd seen so many different versions of. And, you know, to have her fleshed out the way she was. Um, and then hear that she would appear in a movie, a movie with Doctor Strange. <laughs> what? You know, it, I was very excited because, you know, we saw versions of her in in the films Age of Ultron um, and, you know, every movie. Civil War. Civil War. And then to see, you know, that she was appearing in a movie with Doctor Strange just felt very promising and then you know the movie came out and um i'm very curious to know what you guys thought about dr strange well i guess because we're going to wind up talking about it quite a bit just give me your initial right out of the theater how did you feel disappointed hmm Hmm. Okay. Personally. Okay. What about you, John? You know, I saw it. Uh, I saw. I've seen it twice. I saw it once because I was trying to get it out of the way so I wouldn't be yeah. spoiled, and then I saw it again with like family and you know, like a, 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 a crowded Saturday afternoon showing after a, a like a Thursday night showing. Um, so the first night I was kind of tired and I was really not into following the. The, the story too much, and I would say disappointed or frustrated was a was the way mm. I would describe it. But I also knew that I was not, it wasn't hating, it was just like, oh, I, I probably will enjoy this movie more knowing what it is, and then watching it again. And I definitely yeah. enjoyed it a hell of a lot more, like, knowing knowing what it was, you know, and, yeah. and not, yeah. not getting caught up in the sort of, I don't know, fan people hype of yeah. what this movie was rumored to be or supposed to be. And just seeing it for what it is, because I think that as a Doctor Strange sequel, it's 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 big. It's a big, fun Doctor Strange sequel. I think yeah. as like what people might have been hoping it would be, which I think is like the next big Marvel event movie. I think it feels like it missed an opportunity to make things feel bigger, you know. Um, but but I think that taking the movie on its own terms, I'm like, well, that doesn't really bother me as much now that I've got a handle on how this is a like a really big, fun Sam Raimi movie with you know. A, a lot of the fun stuff I want from a Sam Raimi movie. And uh, I don't know. So I, I think I'm over, overall positive on it, but I'm also okay. Overall positive. I'm overall positive on it, but, but I can totally, I totally get that. This is that movie that like, you could say like, okay, it opens up that question of who's to blame for the expectations when the trailer yeah. like tipped off too much, maybe it made people start guessing what else might be in the movie. I think certain things could have been left out of the trailer and people would have had the pleasant surprise of, of of a kind of what if episodes that that that's like yeah. nestled in the middle of this movie, but I think yeah. going in hyped for certain elements that this movie seemed like it was going to promise. I think it 
it got people too excited for something that the movie was not going to deliver. So in that sense, I blame the marketing, but I do blame the fans <laughs> too. You know what I mean? Like it's a weird thing. Yeah. Expectations. My, my feelings about this only derive from the depiction of Wanda. My disappointment really only sits in that. Like I did, I, whatever the expectations were in terms of surprise cameos, I knew that those were all like made up from fans. Like, Right. What, was, what we what we really have to understand is like, and and I I know this is like a big thing for comic book fans. What you know in the comic book is not what's going to show up in the theater. It's just not going to happen. It's not. It's never going to look or sound like a fucking thing that you read before. They may borrow elements from it, but it's not going to be that. Now, one thing I did get really bothered by is I feel like Sam Raimi never saw WandaVision. And he admits that he like, didn't watch it. He watched key it, scenes, he said. Right. It felt like we were watching, like, um, Age of Ultron uh, Wanda versus, like, WandaVision that we'd seen. And then, that, like, nuance to our character and all that stuff. I felt right. like... There was none of that in this fucking movie, man. I would like, even say it looked like they just skipped WandaVision. It's like WandaVision yeah, was all like, about... That's what it felt like. It's like it WandaVision, like... the, the lesson is you've got to process trauma. And then like yes. the, the, the lesson of this is like, you know who's the worst person in the world? <laughs> Someone Women. who's been through trauma. Mothers. <laughs> you know, it just... And, and I, it bugged me that like her evil turn hinged on the motherhood thing. Like there's so much that feels weird yeah. about that. I think that as it was written and as it was performed it fit the story of a villain in this story. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it fit this movie, but it it definitely was like a weird choice to do that with a female villain and make it all about motherhood and everything. But also, yeah, the, it just felt like, I mean, I can tell myself, oh, we were wrong to think she was doing as well as she seemed to be doing at the end of okay. yeah, WandaVision. Yeah, yeah. She was actually looking in that book at the end, learning about some of this other stuff, you know? Like, but I feel like that that is a retcon if I'm using that uh out, out of date term correctly like to say that she was furthering her evil at the end of wandavision feels like something that's not made clear by the text of the show so it's weird yeah. to see a wanda at the beginning of this movie who seemingly has not processed her grief and in fact has i kind of liked how oh yep it's me you know i kind of liked how how blatant they were about her being on on the other side of things uh, but yeah. I, but I, I didn't think there was enough. Again, like you said, it feels like the, the the they just ignored what happened at the end of Wandavision. What do you think, Steve? I mean, that's the problem. Yes, like the big problem with the movie, I agree, is is yeah. is the is the Wanda of it all. Especially, I think, because of the emphasis on the Disney Plus series and like that show specifically as yeah. the launch for it all, and like the scope of that show, and really what they are saying we can do with these characters you know yeah. uh with these shows to kind of use that as a a vault into yeah the movies or whatever and the fact that yeah we did all this time with wanda and wandavision and that kind of sets her up to be a bigger character in the scope of the movie she didn't have her own movie but she basically is the star of this movie in many ways yeah. um as the villain though which is is a weird thing and i and i don't i i don't know i guess the way they handled it is what i don't like and i don't and that's kind of what doesn't let me like fully buy um the turn is a villain. I mean, I definitely think she's really great in the movie. I think she, yeah. you know, I think she's been consistently yeah. great as that character for the most part. But I think right off the bat, like that kind of set me off a little bit right when the movie starts. Like, you know, it is kind of cool how they just like reveal it, like John just said. 
But I feel like in this movie, that reveal kind of felt cool. But when I when I'm being trained to think about the shows too and the yeah. reliance on the shows, that was completely inconsistent to me. Yeah. And I and it kind of it kind of like ruined it from the jump a little bit for me because as as a you know as a podcast as a person myself like we're huge Marvel fans like we talk about it yeah. all the time and like this this movie and like kind of sort of how I've been feeling about some of the Disney Plus series is like really and the disappointment word that I just threw out there is a Wanda is the Wanda part but also it's just like my confidence in what the real idea is behind phase four is is really i kind of really came into question after seeing this movie and it's because of the thing that we just talked about about wandavision and it's like oh well you need to see wandavision to understand why this would happen and they don't spend time really addressing it with the exception of a line or two of dialogue to say where you were in new jersey or whatever you know or what happened there but if you didn't see the show you wouldn't even know what that meant you know it's just it's like a having cake and eating it too kind of thing like they have this this new medium to be able to explore these characters and then for the character to kind of all be for that, that exploration to be for not, or at least that bridge not to be there to this movie is it just, that really was disappointing to me. And then, you know, I think the concerns about all the movies so far in phase four, I guess, with the exception of Shang-Chi and, and, and no way, uh, no way home, you know, in terms of like, not just a quality issue, but in terms of like what the, what the plan is, for yeah. phase four or 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 going past phase four seeing this movie because yes like john said i kind of was like being told felt it's marketed you know even w- the way they talk about it at some of the panels like that this was kind of one of those pivot movies like for for this phase and you know one of the big event movies for this phase and which kind of felt a little weird to be a doctor strange movie and it would be that movie that is like the pivot but then yeah. when they're talking about you know, the multiverse and what just happened in No Way Home and seeing Wanda in this and like the teases of the cameos that Ronald mentioned, you know, that made it feel like it was going to be a bit bigger than it was. But, you know, John already said it like, you know, in the real story of this movie, it's not as big as at all as you thought it was. And for all the multiverses that you know are there. There's only really a couple that we even, you know, spend any time in and, you know, and Doctor Strange is really not a huge part of what allows, you know, this movie to work, in my opinion. You know, I like him as Doctor Strange and I've grown to like that character a lot in the MCU, but man, I don't know. Like, I feel like I was entertained by the movie and like, it wasn't like a movie, it wasn't like a movie I didn't like, you know, I'm on the same page. It's like, I don't think it's just a quality issue because I did think the movie was still fun and. For me, it's kind of like mid-tier Marvel if I was going to rank it. But when I think about it in scope of the other movies in Phase 4 and these shows that are a part of Phase 4, I do think Marvel might have a quality problem. I really do. And that's concerning to me, especially when I pair that with the ideas. I don't know what the path is right now, and it's not clear at all what the path is. So you, it's, it's funny you say that, Steve, I said something to y'all like a couple months ago and it felt, you know, sometimes I, you know, I come in hot, um, but I really meant that like, I had an issue with the idea of like what the multiverse means for business. And what that could mean is like, it's just a catch all for like, we can fuck something up and write it through a story 
and fuck it up. That that's what this is. It's it's like a it's it's like a it's a eraser that you've created forever in this phase. But they or, but or, they haven't or, done that. I w- but they haven't but they I haven't used but, it that way. But no, I just mean that it exists. The the fact that multiverses exist is that. Like the fact that it's it exists in a world where you should just no no stories have been tackled well enough to justify having four versions of it or five versions of it or 10 or 100 or naming them numbers just just give us <laughs> one good story and i don't give a fuck about a multiverse like i we they haven't earned the right to have multiverses yet to me not in this phase because it feels like they haven't tackled just one good story yet enough for there to feel like we could justify. See, I don't, I don't agree with that at all, but I don't, I guess that's just a matter of opinion. I think they did the opposite of that though. I think they did the opposite of in this movie, using the multiverse to do things that I might've even been excited to see, like bringing characters in and, and, and redoing things and having people come back. They, they, they went the other way. They, they went one place that had like a very specific set of circumstances that happened there. And it was all connected to this one story and the multiple versions of Doctor Strange that we get are like all connected to this story's idea that he's the real threat, that like he might be going after Scarlet Witch, but everybody that meets him is afraid of him and what he's done or what he would do. And it's, so it's right. based on that whole idea of he's the guy who sees all the options and knows what's the right way. I mean, it's a little bit of their attempt to set him up as the kind of Tony Stark who's, who's the moral center of this world, but also yeah. showing how Doctor Strange... His story is different, but I, I agree with you. If they start using it to like redo storylines and fix stuff they've ruined, but I feel like they're showing how they're not doing that. They're even doing that thing of saying, hopping between multiverses is dangerous because it can cause these problems. I mean, it's almost like they're going out of their way to say, we're not going to give you five different Captain Americas just because we had the fun of seeing three Spider-Men. You know what I mean? It's, right. But we almost wanted more of that in this movie, more of more clever usage of like, like I'm, I love this idea. Well, we'll talk about who Bruce uh, Campbell plays in this movie, but like people were rumoring who he might be playing in this movie when his cameo came up and all this, oh, is he an alternate... Uh, Dimension, uh, Doctor Strange, is he going to be Craven the Hunter? Is he going to be all these things? And then who he actually is in the movie is so ridiculous. There's a certain amount of trolling those fan expectations. I, mm. I, I feel like this movie is kind of the beginning of that. Somehow the name, somehow the hype, somehow the trailer made us all think this was going to be the movie that was going to blow up the multiverse idea. But they still haven't really done it. And Ronald, you and I were talking about this last night uh, off mic, but... Um, Look at the movies that have come out so far in Phase 4. Look at the ones that are coming up. It doesn't seem like they're leading up to anything. It's not just that they haven't yet with the five that have already come out. I mean, we got Black Widow, we got Shang-Chi, we got The Eternals, we got Spider-Man, yeah. we've got this. Those aren't really building up to much. The next, we got Thor, then what is it? Uh, uh, Black Panther, uh, then it's uh, Quantumania, then it's uh, Guardians, and then it's Marvels. Those don't feel like they're building up to the same thing either. You know yeah. what I mean? So I wonder if if phase four is not going to be a phase that has like a culminating event. And it makes makes me wonder like how long was it that they built up to Thanos? Like from from the first 
you know, movie to Avengers, was that phase one or was that two phases? They took their time with it, is my point. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I would almost be fine if they don't try to build up to some major event. But I do think what you said, Steve, I mean, I heard them specifically say uh, yeah. they were, after the success of Spider-Man No Way Home, they were trying yeah. to make this movie more of an event movie. Um, I don't know if they know, and this is where you, you would say quality problem, I would say, like, I don't know if I if they know what they're doing as much as, like, I don't think they quite know how to capture that zeitgeist in the sense that every movie is going to be made at a certain quality level and they're going to appeal to the, that audience that's coming out for it. But that sense of a plan, I don't need to feel like the movies are adding up. I just... I just like that sure-handedness, and I don't want to see something that feels like, oh, they got that like 85% of the way there, and then it came yes. out, and now we're on to the next thing, because we're all so excited about the next thing. I, that's the part mm. that I start to resent, is this notion that they know they have me on the hook. But individually, yeah. I have still enjoyed all these movies and, and most of these shows, so I'm, I'm not like... I'm not like papering over it and, and looking the other way and pretending that this stuff is good, but I could easily see how there would be a day where there'd just be too many... Too many Marvel shows to keep up with, too many movies to get invested in if they don't have those, as you've said, like those high points that that make you feel yeah. like the quality is just is what's dragging you along and not the soap opera. I think one of the things that really irritated me was the marketing for this movie. Like, I think that um, Disney has earned our attention, right? Like they... You know, people, the pre-orders for this, t for this movie were incredible, right? Mm -hmm. That was fine. But then they're like, let's show Professor X in the next trailer. You're right. It's like, are you so, uh, like, how confident are you of this movie? If you're Disney and you know that people are going to come, what the fuck difference is it like that two million more people pre-ordered the tickets because you showed Professor X? Like, why can't we just have a movie with a little bit of mystery and have us watch it in the theater? It feels like they're trying to... It's okay to have a set of surprises that are only revealed through by stepping into that theater or somebody that's <laughs> too talkative telling you, you know, like, <laughs> why the fuck do I have to watch in a trailer that one of the coolest characters that we've known is crossing over into this world? However, whatever dimension, however he's doing it, like, come on, man, like. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be spoiled before I see the damn movie. It, it implies that there's so much more coming and there wasn't. And I think there that's, wasn't. The, that's the thing about when the Spider-Man trailer showing Doc Ock, but they had so much more to, that the movie could reveal to you. Yeah. I, I think everybody, we all thought, oh, okay, if they're going to show us Professor, mm -hmm. Professor Xavier, then yeah. imagine who we might get, you know? And it's like, I, I, I admit, I, I started to think, oh, who, who might we get, you know? And I, and I did have a little list of things that might happen in that movie that clearly the movie was really not trying to do. Um, yeah. I, I do think maybe we should talk, since we're probably going to get, we've already been a little spoilery about who the villain is in this movie, but we haven't talked about the different cameos. Let's get to some of that super spoilery stuff, but before we do that, maybe let's talk about like a couple of things that did work for you about the movie. Mm -hmm. I've mentioned the Sam Raimi-ness of it all. I do think that the some of the transitions and some of the filmmaking, I think him working with that crew that can visualize this stuff, and like especially when it comes to like throwing open a portal, moving through the portal, the camera yeah. moving around you, and you're seeing the portal closing behind the... There, there were some shots that were just really beautifully orchestrated, and some of the action was really cool to look at in that sense. And I also think there's a Sam Raimi-ish touch 
kind of an Evil Dead uh, sort of crossover portion of this that is so fun when you realize that's where they're going. It's probably the most fun moment in the movie is when Doctor Strange has a realization about something he has to do that just is not what I expected at all. But I love the form that he takes through the climax. I love that, you know, the hero looks the way he does (laughs) in the last 20 (laughs) minutes of this movie. Um, and I also think that just the, the music, Danny Elfman did the score and there were some parts to this where it just, it was almost like a, it was an overdone score that was kind of making little in jokes about what scores do at different points in this movie. But there were some moments where it just felt like a sure hand, you know, the camera work, the, the music, I, I did feel the magic of, of these artists, uh, working on something like this, they, they managed to kind of crack through that Marvel house style in some key moments that made me feel like I said, made me feel like I'm I'm seeing the first Sam Raimi movie I've seen in theaters for 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 many years. So, in that sense, I I enjoyed it. So, what did you guys think? What, what were some of, What were some of the big pluses for you? <clears throat> I mean, I guess I like the the the, like the scene you were kind of describing just there, where uh, Doctor Strange and uh, America kind of like fly through those many dimensions, and you know you kind of see the different formats mediums like all, all that stuff was really cool that sequence was cool and that i think that is kind of what some people maybe felt the movie was going to be more of yeah. so while that was cool in the context of this story it was kind of like a little bit of a uh, like damn i wish i would have seen more of that um yeah i mean and, and you know the sequence uh you know where wanda kind of like takes out a lot of people really quick i won't i won't say it before we get into the spoilers but like i think that sequence as a sequence worked really well um in context of the story i you know again i don't i don't really i don't really uh think it works that well when you start bringing the story into it but just as filmmaking like you're talking about the raimi uh aspect there's definitely some great direction in the movie overall that i liked a lot um what else i actually didn't really love the score that much to be honest with you um what else worked what else worked i don't know man i'm kind of the more i think about it i kind of get more down on the movie to be blunt um i do want to see it again like you were describing to see how you know i kind of feel about it um after seeing it again but i i just i can't help but feel like it makes me concerned you know i and and it just kind of like I just feel like this whole next section of movies, you know, telling great, telling great standalone stories at the expense of the larger scale of the story or like the bigger picture, you know, seems to kind of be getting lost a little bit more now. And my concern is, is that like now they're ha- they're doing that. The criticism that's coming up, even for myself, like in, 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 in movies that are, you know, the more outside of the Marvel mold that you get you know like yeah the, the cinema score for this movie being a b plus like only the eternals was a b plus and like i think thor was also a b you know but like only three of their movies have been below an a or a minus so you know for eternals and, and this, that's wild which, <laughs> right you know for thor i mean for eternals and this being the two most diverse films like you know the kind of out of the box marvel system films like they're the, the mm. most different in some ways um you know, that I think that's concerning and that kind of speaks to what I'm concerned about, like with the aim or what the spine of this whole idea is right now, because I you really can't or really struggle to see it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I really liked Elizabeth Olsen in it. I thought she was great. Even Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch, I think, is great, you know, in general in the MCU. I don't think he got as much to do in this movie as I thought he would do. 
with the exception of the scene you were describing, John, towards the end of the film, which I thought was, which I thought was fun and and entertaining, but I also feel like that's going to be a pretty divisive scene uh, or a whole set piece for people that maybe aren't into the whole Raimi of it all. <laughs> and I mean, some of the people in my theater were definitely vocal about that um, on opening night. So that was interesting uh, to kind of hear it being received in the opposite direction. Um, but I don't know, like what's, what stood out to you, Ron? Like what were the yeah. big, what, what was a couple big positives, I guess? Um, I do think that <clears throat> Sam Raimi is a fucking genius at creating dread. You know, like, I, I, you know, there was always, it, they always threatened that this movie would have this like kind of scary feel to it. Yeah. It was spooky, man. It was spooky. There were like those like long, fast shots that Sam Raimi uh, has done in, in Evil Dead that you, you'd kind of alluded to. Um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I liked America. I'm trying to figure out if I liked her. Um, I feel like she was just kind of thrust on us. And I, so I have a thing, man. That's a thing that I'm very sensitive to as a black person in the world, as a minority in the world. I love that diversity is coming into the MCU. Sometimes I feel like if you just would just have it happen to put them in a good story, I want that more than what feels like people just popping up sometimes. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm feeling right now, but it felt divisive that she was brought in the way she was and that they're like, Oh, and she has two moms, but she's also like gay. Right. Like I, I think so, yeah, the character in the she's, a, she's a lesbian. Yeah. Like, like I, I would have loved that part. Like I would have loved to, like, I don't know anything about America Chavez besides her mom's, died or or missing or i i wish i knew more about it i wish that especially the way she was thrust into the story like i wish there would have been more interaction with i don't know man it just see you mean a b you mean a b sting or a b (laughs) is there is responsible for all this that's a very important b um crazy no i think Um, i i i I wanted to say what you guys think of america i think you're right ronald that she's kind of like i I mean it's interesting that we asked you to talk about positives and you ended up on another thing that might not work yeah Um, i was gonna finish it up with something but i do want to just say that i i agree with you 100 that like i think the plus of the way this character was presented was cool that she was thrust on us that the movie starts with her but i also Mm. think it feels a little like that's all they did like there's this kind of and i want to keep coming back to the script to this movie I like Michael Waldron as a thinker and as a creator, but I I feel like she's a person that, and some of the stuff you're talking about with Benedict Cumberbatch, Steve, his storyline in this movie could be so affecting. It starts off very affecting where he is at the beginning of the movie. And this whole idea of going to every place and everybody you meet thinks you're the bad guy or thinks that you're the worst person. Like (laughs) that, that could have felt more, they could have wrung more of that Marvel kind of pathos out of that. I feel like the script feels like, it was a polish away from the usual level of, of like yeah. being finely tuned on a line to line basis. And I think both Benedict Cumberbatch's arc, which I, like I said, in the story is actually a cool story. And Ronald, so cool. America Chavez, I agree. Like, I think they gave us all the raw material for a character that really should have popped, but instead yeah. she's just kind of likable and that's it. And that's like, as far as it goes. And I don't know that I ever really feel like her personal tragedy really touches her uh, kind of Disney, uh, sort of veneer and i'm not really blaming the actress i don't think she's bad but i don't think that there was there's just not much meat to her 
except for what's on the page. You know what I mean? She's just kind of, and again, that could be really cool that she's just there and she's got these cool powers, but it does feel like maybe this is a, the Marvel throw it to the wall and see what sticks kind of method rather than necessarily having that great script, that great story. That's just so complete. All of these characters had to, they had, they were, they started one way and had to change their identities in some way, like whatever they've known themselves to be changed. Right. I feel like that could have been a better way to have these three characters kind of do that in a way that tied up together. You know, like, I don't, I don't think that it should have been like, well, <laughs> you know, like the, the wizard of Oz, where they got to the end is like, you've had courage all along, you've had, <laughs> you, but goddamn, like it would have made more sense to me. You've been able to punch to star-shaped the- holes to other dimensions all along. <laughs> yes. I mean, like it could have had something like that, that connected. I mean, like these, uh, the, the, Dr. Strange's arc is so fucking cool and fell so short to me because of how everything was happening around it. But I, but I'm saying that coming out in the end feeling like I'd watch it like three more times. I know that sounds weird, but like I didn't hate it, but I, I have the same fear. I've had the fear that Steve had. I had that because I know what it is. Like, it's like, you, you know, when you hear things that aren't like, when you hear things like TV show versus a movie, sure, that sounds incredible, man. And I'm excited about that. But what that means is disjointedness. And there's already, the stories are already disjointed. So you're asking for another level of disjointedness to the story, right? To add to the stories that are handed off, again, handed off from person to person, where you'll see 15 different versions of a person, depending on what director touches the character, right? Then you're throwing in a a TV show element to it. So like, I feared that for a really long time. And I, you know, I hate that it it comes across like, so like, oh, fuck, this is going to be weird. But I knew it. I knew it. I knew it as soon as I heard it, that it would be disjointed like this. I'm a little upset that Wanda was the one that suffered from that. I didn't want her to be the one. She suffered enough. Yeah, it hurt my yeah, feelings, right. man. It, it it legitimately hurt my feelings. I was like, this isn't... If this came out first... Yeah. Before WandaVision, yeah. I'd be like, okay, this is... I think it right. was supposed to, Ronald. I think originally oh, the plan was for this see, movie to be out before that, that show. This movie got way delayed because they changed directors and then COVID hit, all that stuff. And then, you know, WandaVision was the first thing out of the gate that they had... That was ready to go, but the story got. Chi- there was a lot of like shifting the order around yeah, in that period, yeah, yeah. even before COVID hit. But you know, this w- that's why when they started leaning on the shows, that was like, well, these are the things we have the furthest into production at this time. Um, mm. So, I mean, Steve, how knows? would you have felt if this came out first? I'm not. I'm not saying like it's perfect. But it doesn't fix saying, all like, the issues you're talking about. No, but, no, no. But, but like, it makes her yeah, arc make more sense. It's still she's it, a murderer it, in this movie. I think that's the thing yeah, that's hard yeah, to yeah. accept. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like on had, a grand on a grand scale. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like in WandaVision, she's not so much murdering these people; she's kind of holding them against their will to her. Right. Yeah, which is horrifying. Yeah, yeah. What she liking. does in that is horrifying. It's, right. Yeah, it, enough. And then yeah. you jump from that to like you have some sort of pullback. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. Like, the, 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 there's yeah, like John said, there's a lot that this movie's changed. Whether it's the story, director, whatever. Um, there's there was a lot of reshoots for it, and I mean, there's mm. you know, there's reports that like a lot, like a like the guts of the story changed. Like that, 
the the you know that the whole opening sequence when he visits the wedding you know like that that was maybe more of what the story was going to be in terms of him finding multiverses where he could be with her and then it going back and then obviously you know and and the spider-man no way home of it all coming out before it like there's reports that america was supposed to pop up in that and she didn't you know like so there's a lot of like what it could have should have and obviously i think the COVID element definitely kind of and I mean, I'm I'm not trying to make excuses because I'm I'm calling it out on this. Episode. No, no, I get, yeah, I get it. But like, but I do feel like the more and more I think about it and talk about things like that, that's definitely made it way more challenging to kind of keep a through line in terms of what a plan is. When I say there's a spine missing, it could very well be because of what had to be shifted and moved and and pushed back, pushed up. Yeah. Um, for COVID, and I mean the fact that they're still moving dates around for some of these movies. That too makes me a little concerned that things are being changed to accommodate for this change yeah. in order. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know, man. I, I need a home run. I need a home run. Uh yeah, me real too. bad. And you know, Thor's coming out in a couple months. I don't know what implications it has for the phase four or the or, or this through line that I'm describing. Um, or if it could even carry that level of weight. Uh, but it from the scope of the trailer, it doesn't look like it. Mm-mm. But I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with it. It looks like it's going to just be an awesome Thor movie again, which I'm fine with. But I mean, I just need a home run from Marvel and I need it soon. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I obviously enjoyed this movie more than you guys did, but I know what you mean about the sense of like, it, like the only reason I got a $200 million Sam Raimi, Dr. Strange movie is because they can print money based on the success of these movies. And so for me, I want to see as many of the weird, odd experimental things as they want to do. I don't, I think you get less of those if, if they're trying to, they're trying to get back some kind of mojo or, you know what I mean? If they're trying to chase some kind of dragon. So I, I kind of, I mean, I, I think that idea that this, this is a swaggery kind of movie to put out. You know what I mean? Like this, mm-hmm. this movie is maybe prohibitive to people that, that uh, are not looking for a certain style of action or it's a weird story. It is one, honestly, that only on the second viewing did I actually satisfy my sense of what the plot logic was. Right. Um, I often think that's on me as a viewer when I miss details, but I, al- I also think a movie shouldn't require a second viewing for you to get a sense of the story. So I don't know. There's a lot to be said about where this movie sits in the Marvel canon. I I guess I would put it kind of mid-tier, maybe like a notch up from the absolute middle, just because I do think this movie has a style. But um, I think we are all sharing that sense of like not really knowing what's what's coming next, not having a sense of that, that should be exciting. But for this franchise that has made it such a mint on, on that stability and that structure, it yeah. does seem a little bit like, but like, didn't they just announce Kevin Feige's gone off to plan the next 10 years or something like that for some retreat? Yeah. Um, that almost feels like a promise to people to let them know, like, no, we're going to have a plan. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't care as much about the plan as I do about just the individual movies. And I do want them yeah. to add up to some degree. So if this is an example of how the TV show shows and the movies interact they do need to improve on that because this actually is worse because we saw wandavision you know like what happens exactly wanda in this movie is worse because we we felt like we already saw her like achieve a certain kind of peace so yeah yeah Uh, all right well let's talk a little bit of 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 spoilery stuff uh 
because there are some things we've been kind of hinting at that I just would love to know what you guys think. And right now, I guess, yeah, you've had your fun. Uh, we'll see you next week if you if you don't want to hear spoilers or you haven't seen the movie. But the Illuminati, we've kind of hinted at them. Uh, let's talk about who they are in this movie. The Illuminati is uh, Baron Mordo, uh, Professor X, Captain Carter, who we got to know on What If, uh, a, a, n- a new version of Captain Marvel, but it's the friend from the, the Captain Marvel movie. Black Bolt, it's the same actor who played him in the Inhumans TV show that no one seems to want to remember until now. And then also, perhaps the biggest surprise, the moment that might have been the biggest gasp in the theater that I saw uh, yeah. it with, uh, which was uh, John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Uh, here's your Illuminati, folks. What did you guys think of the introduction of the Illuminati? And then the way they were purposed in this movie, how, how did it make you feel? I love their appearance. What I'll say, what I'll say, though, is how many groups are we going to get that could have interfered with big catastrophic events? You know, <clears throat> like the... Uh, well, they did. You know, they... They sure. fought Thanos in their universe. Yeah, they, they, they yeah. killed him. Sure, sure. I mean, I guess. Sure, sure. You know what I'm sure. saying, though. Sure, sure, No, but sure. Thanos isn't a multiverse thing. That's one thing this movie does address, is that Thanos was only <laughs> our universe, you know? So he yeah, wasn't... Right, right. The other universes could have had a Thanos who who yeah, you know, went just, into gardening, I, and that was it. You, I just mean, like, Eternals, Illuminati, Avengers, all these people could have, would have, should have... Um, but I really, I really did enjoy John Krasinski and uh, Monica Rambeau's mom and Captain Carter. Like, is it Maria yeah, Rambeau? Is that her name? I'm gonna look I, it up. I think that might be what Maria? it is. No, I don't know. Maria. Maria. Okay, Maria. Yeah, I thought, I thought, I, I thought they were really cool. Um, watching them get yeah. dismantled was really hard to watch. It was like, what if? But like times fifty. And it felt like um, uh, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. Yeah, I, like, I love the way that that like. I, anybody, I thought it, like, I thought it, I thought it reminded me of an, of a, of the opening sequence of Invincible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, honestly. that too. Oh my god, it felt like that too. I kind of mentioned yeah. that to Aaron. Yeah, I love that man. Um, but God, I I would have loved to see. I want to see John Krasinski in a Fantastic Four movie. So bad, I could like I was shaking when I saw. Like I was just like, oh, I, fantastic I, for. It was funny to see it the first time I saw it because <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, and I had actually had you know when you don't realize you saw a spoiler, but then you realize you did. Okay, yeah, like yeah, something yeah. you thought somebody okay. was bullshitting. Right, right, right. Uh, Scarlet Witch kills Black Bolt and Reed Richards in one scene, and you're like, whatever. (laughs) And then I see the movie, and I'm like, oh, there they are. Oh, no, what's going to happen here? Um, But I felt like it was such a – it was staged so much like a gag. It was really just like you said earlier, Steve. It was a scene that was really cool, but all it did was say, yep, Scarlet Witch is not to be messed with in this movie. Yeah, she's super strong. Which I'm fine with. I'm fine with these characters. In in, in retrospect, I'm fine with dispatching these characters in this way because I I can see that this movie was never going to be the movie to introduce the X-Men and the Fantastic Four into the main MCU plotline. I could see a different version where maybe one of the Illuminati members would have survived and would have gone with them back to their dimension and we would now have blah, blah, blah. But I can see that this movie was not trying to make the universe that we know any bigger, which I think is 
is where you that when you said disappointment, Steve, that would be my main disappointment when I walked out of it the first time was feeling like, oh, I thought I was I thought I was getting to see this expanding thing. But when I see it the second time, I can totally appreciate the audience gasps when they see Reed Richards. And I'm like, <laughs> oh man, this is a joke. This is a mean joke. This is trolling. This is funny. This is Sam Raimi at and maybe Michael Waldron who wrote this. We should say he's a Rick and Morty alumna. Alumni, alumni. Um, so he's like he he knows how to do the sci-fi thing and subvert it. You know what I mean? He knows how to make yeah. fun of the trope that he's using uh, and yeah. make a mean joke out of it. So now I think it's one of the funniest, meanest jokes I've seen in a movie <laughs> at this level. But it does make you think, like, well, now as Henry said, well, now are are they going to reintroduce any of these characters? Is it going to be weird? Does that mean we'll never get Captain Carter in live action because now reintroducing her would be weird? Oof. You know. And, and I have to say, Professor X and Reed Richards were the main two there that I'm like, well, I kind of hope we're not done with John Krasinski as Reed Richards, yeah. if everybody's willing. If, however, they only got him because he thought this was a funny cameo and a joke and a nod to his almost casting and all that stuff, I'm fine with it being over uh, because I saw a list of other people that could play Reed Richards that look good with a beard. And when I came to the name Dev Patel, I was like, okay, yeah, you got me. See you, John. Uh, Dev Patel, Reed Richards, sounds really <laughs> awesome. But... I would love to see John Krasinski in the Fantastic Four movie if that's the way they're going to go. I just don't sure. know that. I don't know that this was designed to tip us off. I think this was designed to be perfect casting to fool you into thinking yeah. that John Krasinski is about to be part of the MCU. Because another actor, like if they had had a hammy actor playing it up, you would have felt the joke coming, you know. But instead, yeah. he played it so sincerely that it really did feel like the move they would make. Um, so I don't know. Where do you guys stand on that? What do do you hope it's John Krasinski? Do, do you hope uh, they have a totally different uh, look for the Fantastic Four? What do you think, Steve? I mean, I definitely. I, I love John Krasinski. I would be down for him uh, as Reed Richards, and I know that's like an ultimate fan casting thing. Um, yeah. You know, honestly, that said, though, I would also love it just to be somebody entirely different. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, I just like the idea. You know, even with what they've done in No Way Home, you know, three different actors playing three different Peter Parkers, you know, like I, 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 I don't, I, I like it being a little more, I, I like the idea of it not being as predictable, like what yeah. you were describing earlier, Ronald, you know, like that, you know, you get this sense of something, but I feel like, you know, John Krasinski is a pretty big name and it would be cool to, to see around in the MCU for a while if that's what he wants to do. Yeah. And, you know, John Watts leaving the Fantastic Four movie, you know, him showing up as Reed Richards, you know, him, them announcing that, you know, the uh, Jack, Re uh, not not Reacher, um, the show he has on Amazon is ending after this season. Oh, Steve, like, you you tricky, tricky bastard. This, it, they call that a funnel and it's a news funnel. And I, I'm just like, you're suggesting that be... maybe John Krasinski, if he were a director, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he made some great movies, <laughs> yeah, that maybe that his wife was also in. Oh, maybe wow. his wife was also going to be in it with him as another part of the Fantastic Four. I mean, again, this is what could be cool, and I'm I'd yes. be down with that scenario yeah. too. I love Me him, too. I really do. But you know, there's there's great options all over the place of who could be that character, like Dev Patel, um, like like that. Yeah, Dev would be great. Oh my option. god, Dev Patel would be incredible. Put him in everything. We're 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 huge Dev fans here. Um, but in the con yeah you know it was cool it was really cool to see him in this movie I, that's you know the reveals and like that whole sequence was a great sequence 
but it also felt like a 20 minute unnecessary sequence beyond just being like, whoa, it's Professor X. Whoa, it's John. Like that was really fun to see. But for the efficiency of the movie, you know, like I just feel like you just got seen. You got to see one more time, like how strong Wanda is, you know, yeah. and, and I do I do kind of agree with what you said about Henry. Like, I do feel like showing how easily they're dispatched after surviving something as big as what they described before they had to like kill Dr. Strange in that world, you know, like for them to be, you know, remove that quickly within chumps. a course of 10 minutes. It's like chumps. Well, what, what impact do they have in, you know, in six, one, six, if they come around, like, are they that disposable, you know, uh, up against That's... someone like her? Yeah. And it you know wasn't like, they didn't stand a chance. Like it wasn't even like, they beat her up a little bit. It, it was wasn't like, a coordinated attack at all. They try a thing. They tried like, oh, God. Like, some of the deaths were so fucking weird, man. Like, what happened to Monica Rambeau's mom? Like, just something fell on her? Like, <laughs> Aaron was like, what was that? What like, about cutting uh, Captain Marvel and uh, uh, Captain Carter in half? Yeah. With the shield. And then That's just, just like... Without showing it, it's well, the, like a, it, that, right, that's great right. Raimi direction, you know? The Anson yeah. Mount uh, uh, Black Bolt, that was, I mean, that was insanely that was, brutal. This cave that, is that was harsh for for um, for a PG-13 movie, you know? Like, that yeah, was the one yeah. moment. Also, I guess string cheesing uh, um, <laughs> uh, Reed Richards was pretty brutal, too. And then did you notice Did you notice that his head popped at the end of yeah. that? Yes. So, yeah. No, I'm surprised they did that. But again, the, the yeah, I think the meanness of it kind of earns its space. But you're right that it's like... It really was like a, and I said this before, but it really was like a what if episode just kind of plunked into the middle of this yeah, movie. It was. That admittedly does not, is not a long movie for these movies. It's just two hours and a, a few minutes long. And I will say, seeing that the second time, one of the things I did appreciate, it's a weirdly paced movie. And I mean that in a sense of it's kind of breakneck. There, there's, there's not a whole lot of like setting up at the beginning. It's kind of jump in with both feet. And I, I, I kind of respect that about it. But I, I think somehow it can still feel long when a movie is that untethered and kind of zipping around, you can still feel a little bit, like you said, Steve, you almost could have taken the Illuminati sequence out of the movie. Yeah. And the story would be the same. Maybe the Illuminati could have been there to, as an intro, I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm kind of glad though, frankly, that they introduced things in this movie that they wanted to deal with in this movie and not introduce the Illuminati for one scene and then he teleports to another dimension and that's it. That would have been an even bigger waste of time, in a way. Do you know what I mean? But it would have yeah, made yeah, them, yeah. it would have it would have introduced them rather than getting rid of them all in one spell. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, I just I just think whatever they did with that, it was going to be an interesting experiment because you want people to be excited about what you're doing, and and yeah, showing Professor X in the trailer really did. Rick, yeah. it, re it really did set me on the path of thinking about all the possibilities. And when you see the movie, he had a cool death with her coming out of the smoke behind him and twisting his neck and then cutting to the real world. That was well shot. But I'm with you, Steve. When it got to the end of that scene, I was like, oh, well, I guess we're done with that. And <laughs> Yeah, I think the only reason the Illuminati existed was so Baron Mordo could say, the Illuminati. <laughs> so he could say it like that. I think that's the only reason why they're just like, Chuatel, you say Illuminati really funny. It'd be really cool if we just introduced them. I don't know, man. That, that seems to be the only reason. I wanted <laughs> our Mordo. I, I, one of the things I was the most interested in about a Doctor Strange sequel was seeing Mordo, who has now decided that he's killing off sorcerers at the end of the first Doctor Strange. I yeah. thought it was like, 
I felt like, oh, yeah, we saw Mordo. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, we didn't. We didn't really get to see Mordo because our Mordo was in a different dimension and hates Doctor Strange for like different reasons, you know. Um, yeah. It is kind of funny that wherever he goes, everybody hates his ass because of some pompous shit I that he's that. done, though. I love that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I did enjoy uh, Mordo's Tyler Perry cornrows. I mean, that's like a <laughs> joke that... <laughs> that Tyler Perry has the worst wigs in all of his movies. I saw and, people talking uh, about his hairline and his uh, lace front so or whatever. Yeah, no hair looks like that. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. But oh, honestly, I don't know. Mine kind of does right now. <laughs> just like glued on hair at the top, and they just went too far down. So anyway, but I'm not gonna lie to you, man. For the most part, I thought this movie was fun as hell. Um, you know, I I kind of felt like this woman, this woman portrayed in this film was like from an 80s movie. Like it feels like yeah. there was not a lot of like this was like before <laughs> before people were checking writers on like, man, this is a one dimensional woman. <laughs> this is you can, right. you, can, you can make this a lot more full and like, you know, people have dimensions to them. And it feels like a like, multiverse. <laughs> like a multiverse. So well, I mean, like let's let's say this: uh, everything, everywhere, all at once is out in theaters at the same time, and it is it is an excellent multiverse movie that, admittedly, is, is a half hour longer than this movie, but it actually does all this stuff with like it makes the different realities. You see different realities; they're ridiculous mm. and poignant, and you see how they all add up to this one. Like this, the thread across the different multiverses is very touching and poignant. Like. So in that oh, wow. sense, that movie is much is a much better exploration of what people thought they would get from this, which is Damn. like all these different weird worlds that are different in key ways, and you kind of see yeah. the difference of them. This right. the Doctor Strange movie is much more of a of a Doctor Strange adventure that uses the multiverse as the backdrop. You know, I would say right. that like maybe if you see both movies uh, back to back. Um, you'll you'll get the full picture you know what i mean like but, but but every i did find myself thinking it's very strange that there's another multiversal multiversal movie out right now that is an indie film that does more with the head head the head trippy uh concepts uh than the marvel movie directed by sam raimi does you know um and i guess that doesn't speak too well of dr strange but i really do think that where it makes up it makes it up for me is that it, there are a lot of like you said Ronald fun points in the story, um, yeah. and it's like often with Marvel we kind of think they're going to reinvent the wheel when you know they're in the business of making at worst pretty good movies and shows you know yeah. it is nice when they manage to knock one out of the park though because it makes this investment feel uh, like like it has been going somewhere but all we really care about right is that just give us something good and everything yeah. else will kind of fall into place. So. Give us a good story, man. Give us a good story. That's all we want, man. That's all we want. So is Wanda dead? No way. And I don't just mean multiverse. Do you think, I don't mean like getting another version of her. I mean, like you think our Wanda is, is going to come back Ooh. somehow. I mean, again, if that's true and she doesn't, you know, if that, if that happens and she doesn't, this is just more of a problem. Yeah. In my opinion, I, I think Agatha is going to bring her back. Mm. I think Agatha is going to bring her back. I think I think that like the cool part about Agatha's character is she seems to have more of a understanding of what the powers do. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see Agatha 
and Wanda kind of begrudgingly become friends and you know some tag team Wanda, action yeah and so and Wanda pick up some of you know the control over the the dark hold and stuff like that because she has those black tips she has those black tips man she's occupied she's had the dark hold on her i thought so. it was cool when she was reaching out of the puddles the reflections i thought that was a cool yeah. cool, cool thing and the, and you mentioned the kind of creepy scenes ronald the the scene of her like in the weird mirror room where she figured out how to escape from that uh, and then the scene yeah. later where she's chasing him down the tunnels there were some you know, yeah some legitimately cool kind of scary moments in that and, yeah. and i don't i don't quite agree with people who are like this is way too harsh and way too scary and they should watch what they put out with a PG-13 rating. I feel like it still felt PG-13, except for the one that when someone's head shape changes, uh, yeah. that's, that feels kind of R, but that's that was the one moment that felt like, uh, you know, you're not used to seeing a, a destroyed head in a PG-13 movie. <laughs> yeah. But it still felt marvelly. If, if people are saying this is, a, a, you know, a horror movie, they're out of their minds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Is there anything else? Any cameos or oh, let's talk about cut uh, cut scenes or mid credit scenes. Um, I think that the end of this movie is it feels strong until you get to the mid credit scene because the movie ends. It's a scene yeah. of Doctor Strange walking down the street, and then he kind of looks up and he has the extra eye, and it's like the music yeah. sting comes in and he screams, and it go says directed by Sam Raimi, and I was like, yes, what a great Sam Raimi ending, and then. Yeah. Uh, a few minutes later, you get a scene with another sunny day. Doctor Strange is walking down a different street that's kind of the same street, but not really. And then something else happened. It just felt like it totally undercut the ending we just saw. And I don't think what you gain from that mid-credits scene, I think I, I think sometimes these scenes, I don't even think people that know the comics are that excited to see some of these scenes. But I think yeah. a scene that means nothing to most of the people in the audience, I don't know why those scenes are there. What do you guys think of... Uh, of that, like the the fact that that was a that that was even there, like did it add anything for you to know that the event, adventures continue? <laughs> that's all I mean, that that scene tells you. I I love that the characters coming that's coming. You know, oh who, I love who her. Yeah, who who doesn't like Charlize Theron? You know, um, but it's like Harry and, Fox or not Harry Fox, Harry Styles coming in in the Eternals. Yeah. They do casting announcements in the middle of credits now. That just is a weird. It's a weird way to yeah, use those yeah. scenes. I just think um, the scene could have been staged. Almost as weird as introducing John Krasinski and then killing him. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. Just like, <laughs> yeah. What yeah, no, that, 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 scene, that, that scene is, I mean, just purely for having Charlize in the MCU, I was like, I, I'm a fan of hers. Yeah, me too. Uh, but again, it's like more, 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 more. But what's the, what's the, what's the purpose? You know, what's the story? Mm. I mean, they're definitely yeah. like, they're definitely playing into this whole, you know, there there's definitely ties to like the Loki of it all and like what happened in that series. Yeah. And these incursions, even like with No Way Home, like there's there that it seems to be to me like that's gonna be. I mean, I hope so, because otherwise I don't know what the point of it all is. Is like those incursions seem to be the spine that is not very clear yet. Uh, for like what's going to go forward in this next phase or two of the MCU, maybe maybe even some of that pops up in Thor. I don't know. Yeah, but like it Hard definitely see seems it like those incursions are going to have a bigger role in the in the next phase once they kind of get a little clearer. You know what's going to happen, but um, yeah, it's cool to see her, but kind of. Eh. I just wish the scene had had different lighting and not look like it was shot like. 
oh, hey, just put a different outfit on, on Benedict Cumberbatch and have him walk around the corner in a different way. It just felt so much like what we had just seen at the end of the movie <laughs> yeah. that it was weird. And then, of course, the last moment is the is the Bruce Campbell cameo. And that's what I wanted to say is I think it's hilarious that people were speculating who he's going to play in this movie. And the answer is Pizza Papa. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like something that couldn't That's mean wild. anything to anybody <laughs> at all, and there was even like hype starting around that, and it was like I I just thought that was ridiculous. Like that that to me felt like 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 you you know they could have put him in a significant part. It's almost like the the intention was to let's deliberately let's deliberately <laughs> avoid like casting him as some character that people have heard of, yeah. and also the name Pizza Papa. It does have that alliterative you know quality that like a superhero name would have. So I thought there was. I thought there was some humor in that, but it's rare that they do that now and have just a scene at the end that's like a humorous tag. I think that, I don't think they know what to do with these end credit scenes anymore, frankly. And I think that it's weird to wait through the credits and know that everyone's going to be kind of scratching their heads uh, rather than like, you know what I mean? Rather than being sent out with this feeling that you want them to have, which seems to be that that's the point. Yeah, they become less about like teases for what's coming. And that's what I'm like, it's consistent with a concern of like, maybe a not clear vision of what's coming. You know, they're, they're using these scenes to like introduce new characters or, you know, in No Way Home to like allow Sony to promote their own Spider-Verse, you know, or, you know, just the, yeah, they just don't feel very connected at all. Like it, consistently, that's a problem. I think that's a part of the problem is that like, they don't, yeah, maybe don't know what to do with them anymore because they have so many ways to tell these stories now with the Disney plus of it all. And these teasers at the end, these like mid and post credit sequences, like they don't, people still want them to do that, but I don't feel like they're using them for that anymore. They're using the shows and all these movies to do it. Yeah. Um, but I, I really haven't been wowed by like a, a credit sequence in for God, how I don't know how long. But I think of the know? last one that really added much for me, I mean, back to moon Knight, I thought that, that, wasn't that, yeah, that was an, cool that, that was a cool That's scene good. that was an yeah, example was cool. of a scene that actually adds to the ending of the thing you just saw exactly um, yeah no, that's that rare probably, that's yeah. rare nowadays for this to have those yeah. i'm trying to think did spider-man have any good ones just the venom thing like the, oh yeah. Uh, yeah venom at the bar going back to his world which is yeah. like yeah you know but he leaves but he leaves a piece of the symbiote here which is like okay disney marvel you have a piece of venom floating around at this bar yeah, somewhere yeah. Uh, well, I just think the best ones are either the jokes or the like, you know, like, for instance, the, the shawarma scene. That's one of the best ones because it was a, yeah. after the Avengers. It felt nice to see them having a little quiet moment. But I think that, like, I don't know, very quickly they just become obligatory. And it's 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 hard to remember, like, when they really felt like something. I guess at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home, it was cool getting basically a trailer for Doctor Strange. So maybe that's maybe that's their best shot is just just give us a good trailer for whatever the next thing is and we'll feel like we waited around for something but i to me it feels like you feel that the lack of interest in that like when you wait through the credits to to get to the scene you kind of feel everyone go okay and get up and walk out it's not like this super fun exciting thing yeah which just means why do them it's like now they're really just doing them because like you said steve it's expected yeah i just it's just a weird thing um yeah, I don't know. That's that's all I got on DS2. That's all the Marvel that we are going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anybody um, watch anything else they want to mention quickly? Yeah, I just wanted up? to, before before we pack it out here, uh, I wanted to just mention uh, 
if you're not watching we own this city on hbo or hbo max please try to give it a shot especially if you're a fan of john barenthal uh baltimore <laughs> baltimore stories even if it's not shedding the most uh positive light on the city or its police department um just great great series on hbo right now six parts um been able to see it all thankfully and uh i think it's just it's just really incredible uh tv right there i, I feel like not a lot of people are talking about it so I, I wanted to just mention that on the podcast um you guys have something you want to mention i'll second that yeah i mean no i'll talk about everything next week i'm i'm good because that's that's a good one to end it on because i yeah that's a strong show that everybody needs to be watching right now. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I definitely. Um, I think, yeah, I think they're on like episode four. Yeah. We're going into episode four after this podcast comes out. So, you know, it's, it's just about past the halfway point. So you mm. have time to catch up before the finale um, in a couple weeks. Uh, but again, this one, HBO, HBO max. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. Nice. Well, That'll wrap up this episode. We'll be back next week, hopefully, um, with another new one. Movieshmovie.com is the website. Uh, you can hit that site up and jump into whatever podcast platform if you'd like to subscribe to the audio version of the podcast. Or you can link over to our YouTube channel if you want to subscribe to the video uh, that we provide or that Ronald thankfully puts together for this uh, podcast. Um, and if you subscribe in any way, whether it's audio or on YouTube or follow us there, if you can leave any kind of review comment on some of the videos anything like that for engagement uh to let people know about the podcast anything like that helps uh just kind of get the word out uh yeah that's all i got are you guys good yeah i just want to mention to people that if they like us and if they've listened this far into this episode then surely they like us at least a little bit um (laughs) maybe they maybe they stopped liking us at some point during this episode but if you do like us uh you should uh know that this week you can hear us talking about the latest episode of better call saul over on my Saul Searching podcast, which is available at the uh, FYIZ podcast feed. So just search for FYIZ, uh, like it's the call letters for a station, uh, wherever you look for podcasts, and you'll see the Saul Searching show. And the most recent one, which deals with episode five of the sixth season of Better Call Saul, has uh, two very cool guests on it. So uh, thanks again. <laughs> thanks again, guys, for doing that. That was a fun uh, episode. Oh, it was fun as hell. Oh, it was blast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah man. Um, All right, guys. Well, I'll see you next week, and we'll be back here for episode 340, because that's the next one Yes, uh, in the series. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. uh, As always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.